Tonight on the Goblin's Corner, Elder Evils. That's how we roll. 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 Welcome to the Goblin's Corner. My name is Eric. And I'm Matt. And tonight, we're doing Elder Evil. Oh, yeah. We've been planning this one for a while. And by the way, happy Halloween, everyone. Happy Halloween. This is the Halloween episode, and we can't wait to give you some Elder apocalyptic end of the world stuff for your campaign. Yeah. Which is why we're doing this whole show. Right. But before we get to that. We have a question of the week. Yeah, we got something before that, too. Oh, that's true. So, what do we have before that? Why, a shameless plug, guys. <laughs> We've been given, from T Public some delightful merchandise. Look at this t-shirt right here. Look at him, he's so cute. Look at that cute little Goblin's Corner t-shirt. Uh, we've mentioned this occasionally. If you've looked at nope. the... Try not to drop it. Yeah, I'm trying not to drop it. If you looked at our YouTube show, we, we talk about this a lot. We have it on our website and stuff like that, but I just wanted to kind of show you guys what these t-shirts look like. They're very high quality. Yes, they're comfy. They're, they're comfy. They're very soft. And they are soft, yeah. And they look good, too. And it's got, of course, our Goblin's Corner in bright, bold colors. And they were sent to us by the wonderful people at Public to showcase to show you guys that you, too, can buy these. Indeed. They're cheap. I mean, it's any other t-shirt here. Matt, you want to showcase it over on your side? Wah. I just threw it to him. Yes. So, you know we are, in fact, in the same room. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Thank you. Well, you I'll you, do a zoom in. You vanna that much better than me. So check out T Public. We've got a link on our website with our affiliate link. We also have, in addition to our t-shirts, other wonderful designs from various artists across T Public, and a couple more we're going to be adding over the next couple weeks. We've got some t-shirt we're, we're ideas. We're creating a collection a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We we sat down, drank a pot of coffee, made a list of t-shirt designs that we think would be very interesting for you guys to wear and honestly if it made us laugh then right there may have may not have been whiskey involved there was certainly a drink involved in in some of that creation <laughs> so check all that stuff out uh let's get back to what we're really yes. talking about here which is i believe elder evil that's right and in addition to that we've got a question of the week so what's this question of the week my friend creation has sprung forth from its primal font. Primal font. Indeed. So it's it. Don't. Ariel. Don't. Helvetica. No. Wait, what's the primal no. font? It's in Comic Sans, obviously. Uh, Comic Sans? No. Oh, God. <laughs> it's definitely, yeah. At least it's not. Swing dings. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> oh, fuck's sake. Ugh, papyrus. <laughs> That's definitely the abyss springing forth of its papyrus. All right, continue. The various creatures that will become the elder gods of good, evil, and balance are taking form and meaning. Who are you? Why would I be taking form of any sort? You don't have would to. Be my, could, would be my answer as a question. You could be the great Nebulon. Come on, man. You know I'm going to be the great frog god, brother, with a party hat, you know, some some ho-hos and some moon pies. Yeah, your dire kazoo. I, I am the slod lord. Chaos incarnate. Just, oh, come on. You know, it'd be a riot, man. It'd be great. There'd be disco dancing. <laughs> We'd be chucking gravestones at people. 
party hats, balloons, mass destruction. Yeah. It'd be wonderful. Just whimsy. Whimsy of, I would be the elder god of whimsy or the elder force of whimsy. I like it. And sometimes murder. Right. Well, depending on where on the moral scale you are, whimsical murder is a possibility. Murder can be funny. Yeah. And we don't mean that like. Not like. In in a real way. Right. But sometimes murder can be funny. Right. All right. Yeah. So that would be, that would be my answer for that. I would be some kind of mischievous God. Trickster God actually would be another good answer for that. So either some kind of Lord of Chaos via the slod frog type disco dance. (laughs) Sorry. And I have a mental picture of a slod in a fine body hugging velour suit. Mm -hmm. Kip, Mm -hmm. bring me my body hugging velour. And is it purple? Oh, it's absolutely. Sure. (laughs) Come on, man. You know, you know, that's how it's going to (laughs) roll. And there would be, um, (laughs) What's the, um, God, uh, staying alive would be mm-hmm. playing yeah. in the background. Bee Gees. Yeah. Oh yeah. A little Bee Gees going on. There'd be a disco ball just rolling along and he'd have a machine gun and a fine, fine Cuban cigar. All right. We're getting past all that. Yeah. Or trickster <laughs> God would work well. Something else like that. What would you be as an elder of good, evil or balance? Hmm. I feel like trickster God would also be a good answer for you. Yeah. Uh, balance may be less my scene. Um, Tipping the balance, certainly. Yeah. I think for you, you would probably be a more neutral trickster God, and I, I would probably be a more good trickster God. I can see that. On the alignment axis. So CN versus CG. Yeah. I can see that as well. Yeah. Now, for form, what form would I take? Like, if I was just climbing out of the primordial soup and I was like. Yeah, you just grabbed an appendage and and just drug yourself out of the formlessness black. What would you be? Let's see. I would want to be able to fly. But it's got to be funny. Hmm. So duck. But still dangerous. So duck. Mallard duck. A, <laughs> a dire butterfly. A dire butterfly. Yeah. So Mothra? No, no. Not a dire moth. A, a dire, dire butterfly. butterfly. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm cool. I'm down with that. Just like. What makes it dire? Does it have horns? Yeah, on the end of its antenna, it's literally just Spikes. barbs and stuff. Yeah, man. So it's a, uh, what's the snail? Snail flail. It's the uh, butterfly version of a snail flail. Sure, yeah. Oh, God, that's iridescent, beautiful, and deadly. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I can see that. That would work really well. I think you should dire everything. Well, you should. You should definitely dire everything. Are you a dire creature? Or perhaps you like dire butterflies? Write to us. Info at goblinscorner.com. Or you can reach me, Eric, at goblinscorner.com. Or me, Matt, at goblinscorner.com. And, of course, you can find us on all the things. Like Twitter. Yes. These, it just gets more ridiculous every time we do this episode. <laughs> it's all right. It really does. All right. So let's get started with Elder Evils, because, obviously, that's the name of the show. Sure. Now, we're doing something, which, by the way, if you haven't checked out Elder Evils by uh, Robert Schwab and a bunch of other really great writers, it's third edition check it out 
we're kind of basing some of this stuff loosely off of some of the stuff that, that was written from that, but we're also going to put our own spin on that. And so I would be remiss if I didn't mention that book because it is excellent for an end-of-the-world scenario. Sure. Makes sense. Yeah. So let's start off. And the first question that's somewhat necessary is, what are elder evils? They could be a lot of different things. So let's, let's talk about it. So depending upon the mythology of your campaign or the cosmology of your campaign, elder evils might be several things. And we just, we just made a list of a couple things it could be. So for example, they might be some sort of entity spun out of the chaotic soup at the start of creation, like we were kind of right. joking like about. Like the question of the day, right? Yeah. Uh, what else could they be? They could be personifications created by the first acts of evil. Mm, so anthropomorphic versions of an act or belief. Yes. Very cool. They could be just things that solidified due to the codified fears of the first sentient creature. So thoughts made real. Yeah. Uh, eidolons, yep. in, to use a sorcerer's term. Like, uh, imagine... Okay, one of the first fears is fear of the dark, right? Imagine that elder evil, right? That ancient being from the very primal fear of the Maybe dark. Maybe formless. It may yeah. have many forms. Depending upon the culture that birthed it, it could be. So, for example, it might be if you're living uh, like a waterborne culture, it might be a shark that rises from the depths or it could be something that turns into like a nest of spiders yeah. or it could be just like dude in a hat. Could be a huge hunting cat. It could, could be all of those. Yeah. Could be just something formless like we mentioned. In addition to that, you could also have uh, an elder evil as an immortal that maybe lost their sanity due to just time after time, just turning of the ages or some kind of a mortal that was maybe locked beyond time. Yeah. Did something, pissed him off, got locked away, went mad. Like the D&D God, there is, what is it? There, there is, is Dune. There is Dune, yeah. yeah. Could be uh, just powerful forces that seek to unbalance reality. Yeah, skewed geometry, Cthulhu-esque. Yeah, it, if there are laws that govern reality. You've got things that hate laws just for the fact that they exist. Sure. And some of them actually are part of reality too. Yeah. And that's something to, to note. It may not necessarily be something from the outside trying to break reality. It may be some shit that got bad and decided to just break reality for the fun of it. Yeah. So uh, the elemental evils is a good example of that. They're definitely elder evils of some sort. Sure. Maybe not world shattering but they could be. Yeah. And, you know, you could just have some cosmic anarchists out there that are just, it's, it's not personal. It just, uh, all these laws and rules that govern reality or whatever, they've got to go. Yeah. And finally, it could also be just powerful forces that seek to unbalance the world or reality or the universe, multiverse, whatever that cosmology happens to be. Now, it should be noted that it doesn't really matter technically what they are because they could be any or all of these things. What they are, though, is a fulcrum for your story. Right. So they are the lever to kind of 
shift things back and forth for you, for your story, for your players? I've come up with a good Elder Evil if you want to do an Elder Evil campaign. And once you've decided what that story, what that force is, that does a lot of heavy lifting in the campaign for you. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll get into like making an elder evil and stuff like that. But the first thing you ask yourself is, do you want to have the end of the world? Right. How do you end the world? That's, that's pretty much the first thing you need to ask, right? Sure. After that, it's all semantics. You just put together your elder evil and we've got handy rules for that as well. But first, why are we doing an elder evil guys? Well, I mean, the fast and simplest answer is it's the time of year where we delve into darkness it's and Halloween. fear. Yeah, it's yeah. Halloween, and we wrote it down. Now, <laughs> there is that. Now, for you guys that don't know this, Matt and I, about a year and a half ago at this point, a year and a couple of months, we started yeah. in August last year, sat down, we drank a pot of coffee, and we wrote as many ideas as we could. And we haven't gotten a third of the way in. We haven't gotten a quarter of the way in. That, well, that also <laughs> That is, is also not a third. Yeah. Yes, so I'm still right. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> now, thanks to that long-ass list and a bunch of listener-submitted ideas, I might add, <laughs> this happens to be one of them. And so that's why we're doing it. Right. So we're pushing through that list. But we are trying to get into this darkness and fear concept because it's Halloween, right? Sure. Spooky times. We also know that adding an Elder Evil is the campaign in a lot of ways. So what do we mean by it being the campaign? Well, it's going to be the basis for reoccurring villains. It's going to inform the themes of the game at the very least. Yeah. So let's let's get down to brass tacks on this. Okay. Having an elder evil gives your game some kind of boundary to either step across or at least an endpoint, right? So what we mean by that is is here's the elder evil. This is about as evil as this gets. Right. This guy is bad. You're at the end of the spectrum. Yeah, this is the end of the spectrum. The only thing then you can define that by an elder good if you want at some point or something in between, but you know that if this thing crosses into reality the world will end or the world is ending because the thing has crossed into reality aka shadow of the demon lord you guys have never played that game you should also written by the same guy that wrote elder evils um so it's as bad as it gets but it can be a great way to start a campaign hey guys the world's ending what okay. you gonna do about it? What you gonna do about it? Could start small, could be in the it could be almost done, or you might play an epic campaign. How do you stop the end of the world? I mean, this thing can break planets, you know? You've got Galactus showing up. Silver Surfer's already Yeah, the Herald's already shown up. Silver Surfer's already there. He's like, Behold my boss Galactus and his pointy hat and this all you see is his face where the moon was. And you think, wow, that's a lot of dental work he's going to have to do. I don't know. I'm, yeah, just, sure. <laughs> I'm just going on this. All right. Well, 
what else if you if you decide to play it as a long-term campaign right you can go literally from level one all the way to an epic level campaign designed to attempt to kill or at the very least seal away the epic elder evil yeah so this is a great way to set up that epic level play or again if you start in if you want to start epic which is a lot of fun and we'll have some sort of uh some sort of episode on epic level play at some point but that's a different story and honestly having a sense of impending doom is fun too i can see that and comedy breaks things like that are far more you know they're they're far more enjoyable when there are real stakes yeah going on and the end of the world is about the realest stakes you can you shit, can get. Shit doesn't get any realer than that. Like it's, but Elder, but the end of the world is fun. That's why people like zombie movies and sure. apocalyptic scenarios. There's lots of apocalyptic games out there, and an Elder Evil is an apocalypse. It's not just a big bad evil guy. It's an event. Right. It's a campaign. And it can be the way, if you so choose, to bring the apocalypse to a setting that your players are familiar with. Mm-hmm. And that's just delightful. And it's it it brings that foreboding. You can amp up the time frame or scale it back as need be. Oh, wait, well, some, some heroes have held back the, uh, the evil, so your characters can advance a few more levels. Oh, no, they've broken the seventh seal. Now frogs are raining down from the skies and turning into slot and injecting them with tiny eggs. And now slods are everywhere. Slodpocalypse, guys. Think about that. I mean, a slodpocalypse is somewhat Disco similar. Disco dancing everywhere. It is somewhat similar <laughs> to a zombie apocalypse, if you really think about it. Yeah, yeah, think about it. They, they bite them or inject them with a little, little egg, and then yeah. out pops a slod. Big yep. and multicolored and ready to party. Yep, but only the red ones. Only the red ones. Yep, only the red ones get the blue eggs. ones do, too, don't they? I don't think so. I think the blue ones do too. That might I be. would make all of the slods inject sh- some I'm sort sure. of egg. Yeah. There's there's more than just red, blue, and green, my friend, in my world. Oh, I know. Well, there's, there there are there's a gold slot out there. Oh, there's purple and and yeah, there's all kinds of slots. Plaid. Yeah, oh, definitely a plaid slot. Yes. Oh, it's it's hard to behold. Like Roar it blinds up. you when you look at it delightful i love everything about that so those are a couple of reasons why elder evils why we're doing it and why they're fun right now you're probably sitting here going well eric matt that sounds great but i don't know how to interject an elder evil into my campaign that's okay we've got the solution you just take the terrorist and multiply all of their stats by 15 mm-hmm and then give them a brain or completely remove the brain it has. Either way. Give it a brain. Yeah, okay. We'll give it a brain. And then you make it slightly larger and an atomic breath weapon. And you have my Dark Lord sitting behind you, Matt. Sure. Yes, Godzilla is in fact an elder, ev- maybe not evil, I don't but think definitely an elder power. I think he's one of the elder balance ones. I like that. Yeah, that would be cool. So, how do we make an elder evil, Matt? Well, you're going to have to ask yourself some questions. The first question is, what is its origin? 
right? Like we, we went down some of that, the, the primal soup and what have you. But where do they exactly come from? Right. And that depends on your story, on the world that you're playing in, whether you're playing in like a box set or you're making up your own homebrew and, and kind of like what type of mythology that you're playing in the story. Now, you don't have to have this, but it's good to have kind of in the back of your head because this will drive motivations and the lore and all the other reasons why this thing is bursting through and manifesting in your world now. Right. Straight up, right? I mean, that's that's the long and short of it. Yeah. So once you know where it comes from, what does it want? What are its goals? And this can be something as simple as just breaking stuff yeah, or just being there. But you can also get more subtle with those details. So it may be, I'll just give an example here. Maybe the fungi Lord bursts forth from the fifth dimension and its spores release into the atmosphere and everything is turned into a giant fungus. Sure. And that's definitely an elder evil into the world. And man, I don't think it's fair to call him an elder evil. He's a fun guy. Oh God. <laughs> so yeah, you can I'm, I'm just, derailed him. <laughs> I'm just blowing through that. Blowing right past that guys. Sorry. There what are the goals from this elder evil? Is it eating the world? Is it corruption? Like just corrupting the very essence of reality? Yeah. Is it just pure chaos? Party hats? Is it, is, it, is it turning everything into a disco ball like the slot? Who knows? Is he mad at your world? Because he was playing cosmic pool and, you know, your world got in the way and he's just, now he's just got to move it. Or is it an unthinking, unknowing, just entity of oblivion? Yeah. And so a, it can't be reasoned with. Yeah. It's just a to. power. It's just a power, man. It's just going to happen. You End don't the argue with happen. the sun's radiation. Yep. It's just going to, its very existence vaporizes the very earth you sit on. Yeah. Be cool, right? So think about, well, I, I don't <laughs> It'd be great, man. <laughs> It would suck, but it would be cool in a game. Now, once you kind of know where they're from, what their motivations are, then you can kind of start asking stuff like, what's their particular form? Does it have a manifested form? Once, yeah. If, if it's just a ball of cosmic world-destroying laserness, maybe not. And you can get super creative with this, right? It didn't have to be the Cthulhu thing it can be certainly i've got nothing against tentacled horrors from beyond reality bursting forth hellboy for example right sure uh but you could also have and I, you know depending upon what you read a giant 50 foot tall creature made of worms yeah. or some kind of shadow demon that just is like literally tearing reality with its very presence you could have something completely alien it, you could a, a undead moon you could have, um, I'm just thinking from just some stories and stuff like that. Uh, again, Galactus the World Eater, right? Tiny worm that's poisoning the ocean. Sure. It doesn't have to be huge. It could be literally something so small no one can see it. Yep. It could be a virus that turns everybody who dies into zombies. So it's funny you mention that. I played a game where the storyteller didn't like the idea of Cthulhu-esque elder gods and what and whatnot. Mm -hmm. One of their elder evils 
was the elder evil of plague, and it was all of the plagues and viruses that are stored in the frozen portions of the world that man has never dealt with in knowable history. And so it slowly started to unthaw Mm -hmm. and plague the world. Yep. That's cool. Yeah. That's probably going to happen also. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's just like global warming, guys. Uh, So that's fun, right? So it doesn't have to be some gigantic creature that stomps on cities and stuff like that. It could be. Sure. But it could also be something impossibly beautiful, impossibly alien, something that represents some kind of fundamental fear. We mentioned uh, the fear of the dark, but it could also be fear of death or fear of war. Be the four, the four horsemen. Sure, that definitely is an elder evil of some sort. Even time. Oh yeah, which was just a, a M Night Shyamalan movie about that as well. About time, people getting old rapidly. Yep. No. I believe you. Uh, you haven't I know, you haven't seen the trailer, have you? No. Not only have you not seen the movie, you haven't seen the trailer. I don't know what movie you've evolved you're... above not seeing things. It's good. All right, I'll well, shut. It's also that guy, and yeah, you know, look, it, it'd be interesting. So you could do anything, right? Uh, and one of the examples we had was a fundamental fear of time passing. Imagine a minotaur, thin and hunched, fragile with age. That's kind of cool. Yeah, you just. It's a physical form that strongly represents what it is, mm-hmm. the passage of time. So we've got their goals. We know where they live, sort of. We have some kind of manifested form. Now let's talk a little bit about the abilities that it may have. Sure. And we're, we're going to talk about a couple of different things. It can have either or both or... In addition to other things, there's two different types. This right. is like the active abilities when it's manifested, and then any passive abilities uh, that it's coming represents. Right. And I almost feel like the active abilities kind of are supplanted by the passive abilities. Let me explain what I mean by that. Because this isn't necessarily a big bad evil guy, it can be. Sure. But. More often, this is an environment or an event. And so the fact that it's starting to show up in reality is causing all of these passive abilities to happen first. Sure. So kind of like in D&D where in a zone of layers, you have like the environmental effects that are going on. Same thing's going on, but on a worldwide scale. So it could be anything, right? Could be frogs raining from the sky, which I mentioned before. You could have people suddenly being stricken blind or having haunting dreams. People's heads just randomly just burst. <laughs> it would be kind of, maybe they hear some kind of ear splitting scream and they just, ah, like scanners, their head just bursts like a melon. Yeah. People of very specific mindsets might go just absolutely violently psychotic. Yeah. Could be more overt, like these giant, Demon dogs roaming through looking for the key master, the gatekeeper. Yeah. Gozer. Well, the Gozer. Yeah. yeah. A little. Yeah. Cats and dogs living together. Mass hysteria, right? You could have those passive abilities to me are much more thematic because you're going to play those over a time period. Whereas if the elder evil's there and just manifested, then those are the active abilities that either surround the entity or something you have to actively fight, right? So it, it may just be like 
everything in a 10-mile radius is just vaporized or turned into just undulating flesh. Mm. Creepy crawly, guys. Creepy crawly. So what are its active abilities? It could just be big and strong, right? Men's size. Galactus. Galactus eating the world. What else could it be? I mean, they could have specific and thematic power sets. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. If you're talking about the, you know, the one that makes people get psychotically violent, maybe they can cause confusion. Maybe they cause, right? Like rage. And maybe they yeah, just instantly just make people rage. rage. Yeah. Just straight up. I look at you, you're just going to murder the next person you see uncontrollably. Maybe even without a will save. Yeah. We're talking just, D&D here. It could be maybe all mechanical objects within a 20-mile radius of, of the Elder Evil no longer function anymore or function against the user. Now you've got some maximum overdrive, right? Sure, but you could even take that, like the, uh, the Passage of Time guy, right? Take that to the utmost. Mechanical things don't work. Wheels are mechanical. Oh, that's a good point. Screws are mechanical. Maybe things start breaking the closer they get to the entity, and then you physically start aging, so by the time you lay a strike, you're 90 years old. You yep. go from like a baby to 90. That'd be crazy. How would you fight that? So the active ability... Send the elves. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you gotta play an elf, guys. You play an elf, or get stuck in a time cube. Be a time lord. So the active level abilities are definitely something you would be more interested in if you were a epic level PC. Right. But the passive abilities are definitely more environmental effects you might have to suffer through in the world that the entity existed in. Whether it's the passive abilities because they're there or the passive abilities just because they're starting to appear. Right. Whatever the case, whether it's got active abilities, passive abilities, or both. Yeah. They should be monumental and badass yeah this is a thing that destroys worlds it should have effects that cause that to happen Mm -hmm. and we'll talk a little bit about how you kind of like ramp up to that but that's kind of where we're going like look this is the end of the world right this is not a lich this is the ideal of liches this isn't a balor this is the lord of hades erupting this isn't like one volcano this is all all volcanoes or a comet it's going to obliterate the world this is armageddon guys right it's going to happen it's going to happen now it's happening now a strange star speeding at the light at the speed of light towards your planet like it's just bad days and time short how are you going to deal with that right all right we're going to talk a little bit more about Elder Evils, but we'll be right back after these messages. This is a commercial break. If you guys would like to hear us review something like a product or service, or if you'd like us to cover something like a topic, or if you'd like to sponsor an episode, we'd love to hear from you and have you contact us at info at goblinscorner.com. So write to us and maybe we'll talk to you. Maybe not. And we're back. Welcome back. So we're talking Elder Evils on this Halloween episode. And we've been kind of going over why you should play an Elder Evil. And the answer is why not. Yes. And the world. Yeah. In the world, guys. And 
some of the beginnings of how to put an Elder Evil into your campaign, right? So we talked a little bit about where they might reside or how they're popping out, uh, some of their motivations, if they have any, some powers. But now we've got a couple other things we want to talk about. So what are some other ways that we can interject an Elder Evil into our campaign? Well, there's still a couple of decisions you have to make about this Elder Evil, right? Does it actively take part in attempts for its return or arrival, right? Because mm-hmm. maybe it hasn't been here before. Yeah. Or does it literally just sit there knowing that its power is inevitable? So is it taking active steps either supernaturally, scientifically, through agents of some sort, Mm -hmm. or is it more of a primal force that it's just inevitable? Yeah. Like entropy. It's going to happen. The heat death, the gradual heat death of the universe, right? Like, Mm -hmm. now we talked a little bit about the powers before the break. And I want to kind of put this in for this as well, because this is a great time to start with those passive abilities. So if you're playing the story and you're not, it's not immediately there and the world is immediately ending, which you can. Sure. But let's say you start it off. Story-wise, start small, ramp it up. The closer the evil one returns, the crazier everything gets. Sure. So let's use an example. Uh, you actually had a good one at one point. Um, you mentioned, what was it? An, a, a cra- All over the world, news reports had a crazy rash of spiders. Yeah. Just a bumper crop of spiders, suddenly. And that's it. Yeah. You start the game, that's the first thing the characters hear when they turn the turn the news on. People are going to be like, oh, that's a weird like, that's environmental weird. anomaly. Yeah. They go doing whatever they're doing, adv- you know, adventuring or investigating weird things. Yeah. Some time passes. Now, oh, we found an, a new type of spider. It's giant size. It's the size of your foot. We didn't think these things could exist. And yet it does. Some time passes. Now shit gets even more crazy, right? Oh, every time you get bitten by the spider, maybe it infects you. Yeah, with a strange disease. Some kind of strange disease. Start killing people left and right. These spiders are everywhere now. Some time passes. Now you've got spider people. Yeah. Rage. Rage yeah. spiders. Yeah, rage spider people just running around. They got bit, turned into spiders, started biting other people who turned into spiders. Now you got like kind of the zombie apocalypse. Until the spider god bursts forth and starts to spin a web between the earth and the moon. And soon it will pull the moon into the earth. Yes. That'd be badass. There you go. That's great. There you go. That's how it works, right? So start small with spiders. <laughs> yeah. And they just keep building. Just tiny little fingernail-sized spiders. Tiny. Oh. Just, look at those cute little spiders. And who knew it was going to be the end of the world? So the closer the evil one returns, the crazier stuff gets. Start small, right? If you want to get monkeys on the moon, you got to start on the ground, as they say in improv. Sure. In addition, we mentioned minions. Right. Classically, a lot of elder gods have cultists. Cultists. Sure. And we have definitely done an episode on building better cults, if you guys want to take a gander at that at some point. It's true. But even if they've got cultists, how do they interact with them? Is it through dreams? Are there ancient texts? Mm. Artifacts? Do they have literally this small bubbly window through reality with which they can just 
speak to their minions. Like a magic mirror <laughs> that they yeah. just kind of scream at you through, or maybe a typewriter that types on its own. Johnson, have you killed those heroes yet? Yeah. Agent, please proceed to specified location for the end of the world. Yeah. It could, it could be anything, literally. And I would suggest go creative with that, right? It doesn't have to always be, oh yeah, this, the flames speak to me or something appears to me in dreams. I mean, you could get as ridiculous as possible. Maybe every, maybe, maybe the cultists own a cattle ranch and every fifth calf that's born, the first thing it says before it bleats is a phrase from a holy text. And then it just is a regular calf. Sure. That's weird. It is. And awesome. So I was actually and thinking. If, and then if you kill the calves and make hamburger out of it. They're holy cows? Holy Oh, God. In, in a sense, yes. What were you going to say? I was thinking uh, the cultists all use a certain recipe for rolling their cigarettes. Mm-hmm. And in the smoke, they see signs and portents. That's an omens. That's definitely a Call of Cthulhu style cult right there. Like you see, like just rolling their cigarettes. There's a fog rolling in on the bay. Saxophone music is playing. Sure. Yeah. They're rolling their cigarettes. Some sinister stuff's going on. And you just see like some tendrils creep out of the smoke with a message. That'd be awesome. So what are we saying with this? Go with the story. Go with the flavor of the world and campaign you've been building. Yeah. Be creative. Be creative. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Are there specific signs of their return that work their way into the world? So this is a little different than the minions themselves, but it's it's somewhat related because how do they interact with the world? So maybe they don't just directly communicate with their cultists. Maybe everybody or a select few of random people get a message. So they might have dreams, right? Sure. Nightmares and dreams are always a, a fun classic trope to play upon. Oh, everyone's getting the same strange dream of this nightmare creature, right? Or maybe the usual, like the biblical plagues of locusts and all that other stuff could happen. Strange diseases. Could be like for prophetic dreams, right? What if it is a genetic marker? Oh, my green-eyed children. Oh, that would be cool. Right. Like, what, like 1% of the population has green eyes? So, and how many people talk about the most absolutely soul-crushing dream that popped in their head last night? You and I might speak to a, about it to each other, but we're weirdos. And you're not going to tell some rando on the street exactly so maybe everyone's having the same crazy dream i like the genetic marker idea that's a very village of the damned style too so maybe at some point those people with that genetic marker not only get dreams but they hear a voice in their head Mm -hmm. and then instead of that voice now they all speak with one voice nice they They begin to hive mind yeah Yeah. and then at one point they are the elder evil oh very cool i like that as well that'd be really cool wouldn't it yeah very pod people-esque, too, if you think about it. Yeah. It's all like one hive mind creature. So think about how those signs, the creature return. Blood curdling, calves being born, you know, strange signs burnt into your toast in the middle of the night, whatever it happens to be. Right. How do the various mortal factions, 
in your campaign, whether it's, again, D&D, sci-fi, Shadowrun, whatever it is, right? how do they think the origins or goals of this elder evil interact with the rest of the world? So what do we mean by that specifically? Okay, so you've got, obviously, good guys, bad Let's say you're in a fantasy campaign. Okay. We'll start there and work our way out. You've got good churches, bad churches, neutral churches. You've got things that work towards the order of nature and can't stand abominations or aberrations. Yep. Right? Depending on what this elder evil is, is going to depend on whose radar it is. Because if you've got an elder evil that's a human they're just evil the druids might not give a shit right that's it's not in our scope don't care we don't care yeah whereas the good pantheons are going to be like wait 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 pantheon of the sun might go hey you need to check that <laughs> so where does it fit in relation to the rest of your mythology right in your campaign and I think that's important to note. Yeah, neutral deities might not care. Uh, in the world, whatever. Gods of chaos may certainly not care unless they too won't exist in which they'll be like, wait a minute, hold on a second. <laughs> yeah. We we didn't yeah, you sign up. You know for, what the interplay is. Yeah, yeah, we've we've found our boundary line here. But they might. Right. So how do they fit in with the rest of the mythology that you've created? And, and how does that affect... Like, how does that roll downhill to the mortals? Okay. Because, yeah, if you're a member of a of a paladin order and there's an elder evil that's trying to creep its way through the windows of the universe, guess who's going to work? Yeah. <laughs> that's you. That's you your job. You got to do it. It's busting down membranes. You got to stop it. Yep. It's, it's, it's hit the last barrier. It's It's pushing through. And you got to got to force that back either physically or get a whole bunch of people to do it. That's true. That's One how it way works. Or another. Yeah. Is this elder evil a, a thinking creature? When we say creature, but thinking entity. Right. Is it just a mindless force of destruction and corruption? What does it do? Does it scheme? Is it a passively corrupting influence? And even, even corruption can be active or passive. Yes. Right. Uh, if it uses the lure and seduction of power, such as a great old one snatching up warlocks, that is an active corruptor. Yes. But Whereas a passive corruptor. You could uh, maybe something like Jubilex, right? The slime god. He made his way back to the world and he's just. He don't care. Slowly dissolving it. I'm just going to eat it's everything. so delicious. Man, I actively try. Yeah, so good. I'm just snack on this mountain over here. I get it. So a lot of this comes down to, does it have a personality? Yeah. Is it anthropomorphic? Or is it just kind of beyond our comprehension as mere mortals? Right. So the end of the world could be something that we can understand, or it could be just some random stuff that... It's too big for us to comprehend. Yep. And both of those are fine. And honestly, I don't really favor either of those because- No, both it, are good. They're both fun stories to play. Yep. You can't argue with a forest fire, 
right? You just you, you just have to put Forest it out. Forest fire could be the end of the world. Yeah. Maybe the elder evil is literally the concept of everything burning to the ground. That'd be kind of fun to play too. Play a bunch of firefighters trying to <laughs> trying to save the last forest from being burnt to the ground. Right, and and that's where I was going earlier when I said, you know, we can start in fantasy, but by no means does it have to end there. Look at uh, the Fifth Element. Oh yeah, the Fifth Element is ninety five percent sci fi, and that was an Elder Evil. Absolutely, one hundred percent. The Fifth Element was love, guys. That's right, and love saved the day. And Bruce Willis. Yes. So, so you can have an Elder Evil in any campaign. You want to go even more sci fi? Would we'll use another example? Because uh, we didn't add this into our into our examples. It could literally be some kind of gray goo ooze or some kind of alien that is so far advanced, it's beyond our comprehension. just wants to obliterate us, guys. Right. We're insects by which it needs to exterminate. It's we, just paving the galactic highway. Yeah. It's making it, making a hyperspace high, uh, bypass? Yep. Sure. So think about how you can, again, whatever you're playing, fit it into your campaign, stuff like that. Finally, we've got one more set to consider. And... This one is very important to know. Is it locked up? Is it on another plane? Is it deep in space? Is it sleeping under the sea? What? Where is it currently? Yeah. So we asked, where is it from in the beginning? We go back to where is it now? Right. And they may not be the same thing. You may have a home plane, but then if it's not locked up, it's just chilling on its home plane. It could pass through. What's keeping it from immediately entering the world is what we're getting at. Right. So is it sleeping? Is it need cosmic gates opened up? Does it just show up over time? Is it an inevitable occurrence? Yeah. Because that could definitely, it's just going to show up at some point in Fordane time. Look at the gas clouds of a nebula. How do we, how do you stop it? Can you stop it? That's another thing. If you and, murder enough cultists. Yeah, you murder enough cultists, you might force it back beyond the veil. But those questions you need to ask yourself in your story because you may have the answer that you can't stop it. The end of the world's coming. Yeah. How's that going to affect your story? You may say, there's a slim chance that it can be stopped. And that will definitely skew things into a different direction. Or what if it becomes at that point okay, you've decided, right? All research indicates it cannot be stopped. Okay, so what are your players going to do? Yeah. What are they going to do? So is there a plan B is what you're getting at? Yeah. So can you get to their home plane and fight it? Do you get off world and find another planet to reside on? Can you hop dimensions? Because... You don't want it to be, oh, it's the end of the world. Everything sucks. I'm not going to play this game. Right. But then again, everyone plays a zombie survival game, and those are a lot of fun to play. You know the end of the world is there because there's always a slim chance of survival. Sure. And that's the one thing you want to give in an Elder Evil campaign. False hope. False hope. (laughs) (laughs) So think about that, right? All right. Now we've come to, you've made your Elder Evil. So. Now you need to kind of figure out what kind of purpose you're going to give it. And we've got a couple suggestions for that purpose, Matt. 
I mean, the first and obvious answer, certainly if your intent is to play a play to a much higher level campaign. So is, epic. Yeah. It's it's the big bad evil guy. It's the, the biggest, baddest evil guy. Indeed. And that's a lot of fun to play. Yeah. Sometimes the, you just got to stab Cthulhu in the face with a yeah, vorpal sword. Yeah. Fry him up for calamari? I was just getting there. Yeah. Batter him? You have to have some world-ending batter for that. So delicious. So delicious. So that's a fun thing. It could just be a source of power and temptation in your campaign. Warlock patrons? Yeah. Hell yeah. Go for that. Some kind of sorcerous blood origin? Yeah. Or even just a corrupting influence which dictates how your villains in your campaign operate. A strange amoral god that still grants uh, spells. Yes. Oh, I love everything about that, right? Now, going on that trope, it could also just be there existing in your campaign for its minions to mess with adventurers. Yeah. They they could be a foil for your party. Mm-hmm. You're consistently moving in the same circles because your party is attempting to accomplish one thing, they're attempting to accomplish the other, or right out of the gate, the party has been sent to stop the cult. So this is active assailants. Right. Now, on the other side of the coin, they could just be passive assailants or passive hazards in the world. Yeah. This world exists, the world is slowly ending, or there's an ancient elder evil that exists in this world, maybe the end isn't near, and there are cultists in it. Right. They're there. It's the difference between the Nazis in Indiana Jones and a bear in the woods, right? One is a threat that is directly after this person. Yeah. And the other just happens to be a threat in your environment. Walk upon a hungry bear, it's going to eat you. Yeah. Still Walk. a bad day either way. Yeah. Walk upon an angry cultist. It's going gonna, it's gonna to sacrifice you. That's how it works. Yeah. So that's fun. Kind of going on, we've gone direct assailants. We've gone kind of passive assailants. Now let's talk about a very indirect evil, which is maybe the elder evil serves as some kind of shadow power just out of reach. And that could literally be physically just out of reach, like in a different dimension or manipulating stuff from behind the scenes through its cultist or even by itself. Maybe it's whispering in the minds of powerful people in the realm, corrupting yeah. them slowly. It could be, you know, human sized and even human shaped. And it could be just running around, sowing chaos for chaos sake. Absolutely. That's a lots of fun too. And we mentioned before, it could be some sort of event or campaign to base your story off of into the world coming of the dark Lord. And this could be something, so it's it's not directly an assailant or something to fight. It's just what's going on. Right. It is the campaign itself. It's man versus environment when the environment has gone mad. Yes. So it's the setting. Could be, and this, I love this idea, could be an opportunity for players. Now, this is particularly if you're playing an evil campaign. Sure. You know, gods of good, gods of evil. This is an elder evil. Hey, guess what? You might get some bonus for it. It could, if you're playing a morally questionable game or a game that doesn't use alignment, yeah. who's to say you can't side with a with a elder evil? You could. Especially if it presents what to you is a better opportunity than the way you see things going currently. Yep. Sure. 
And finally, it could just be background. Right. So maybe not directly ending the world, maybe not directly doing anything. It's just a part of your lore. That's true. It could be background in a different way, which is everybody knows the world is ending. Right. It's, everyone, it, yeah. it's common knowledge. Something bad's happening. People are working on it. Meanwhile, we've we still got to eat, right? Like the world has to go on until it either doesn't go on anymore or a solution is found. Yeah. And so look, I know that comet's showing up. It's gonna be at least another fifty years from now, but until then, mail's not gonna deliver itself. Right. So it's it's still gotta deliver packages, man. That's my job. I gotta eat. Yeah. It it just may be part of the theme, part of the story, less directly involved. Yep. All right. So we've given you how to create your elder evil, some abilities, some ways to interject that into your campaign. Again, we've got some examples. Like story concepts. Yeah, some classic tropes, some stuff that we can use. So let's throw a few uh, out there. Sure. We've got the Dark Lord Returns. Ah, yes, the One Ring, Eye of Sauron. Sure. I mean, that's definitely world-ending if he, if he took over. Bad days. Bad days. Here's one. A comet appears in the sky, striking everyone who witnessed it blind. Thereafter, strange objects fall to the ground, causing horrid, gigantic plant-like monsters to grow from where they land. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you... If you've seen the movie, Day of the Triffids, you know where I'm going with this. Don't give me that look. It's a classic. For a given value of classic, I agree. Maybe the characters are in a race against time to stop a mad wizard from unlocking the nine gates of oblivion and releasing the undead god contained within. Oh, ooh, yes. Release the undead god. How cool is that? So cool. Since ancient times, an elder leviathan beneath the waves has been kept at bay by yearly sacrifices, humanoid sacrifices. Sure. Recently, a paladin has converted many in the region to newer religions, and the sacrifices have suddenly stopped, Mm -hmm. and that's when the troubles began. Dun-dun. Dun-dun. There comes the kraken. Is this just another way for you to drown the paladin as plate armor? Is that, is <laughs> that where this is going? I didn't intend to do that, but okay. I'm I'm fine with that as well. Because I, I really felt like your solution was going to be, and the only way to solve it is to drown the, the paladin. paladin. Yep. Yeah, drown that guy. There's your moral question, your questionable moral dilemma right there. Do I drown the paladin to save the world? Yes. Of course you do. Of course, unless you're the paladin. And the paladin ought to volunteer. How dare you stop the sacrifice? Well, you know what? He's he's doing what he's supposed to be doing. I got nothing against paladins, guys. I promise. They're delicious. It's a running joke. So, (laughs) once every 2,000 years, rare planetary alignments cause planar gates to release hordes of demons upon the world. That's lots of fun. Yeah. But this year will be a total alignment of several planets. And the Lord of Hades will walk the earth. Yeah. You got a planar conjunction. And normally it just pops out a couple minor demons. But this time, guys. This time. It gets real. Hell on earth. Yes. Mercury's in retrograde, man. It's it's going to happen. How are you going to stop that? You can't. Guess what? You have to deal with that. You just nuke some of the smaller planets. 
Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, you just destroy them. And you get from orbit. The only yeah, way to be sure. There's, if you destroy the planets, they can't line up anymore. I'm a thinker. There you go. <laughs> One day the sun did not rise, and the ancient prophecy of the world ending became true. Now the days are counted by the moon, and as the days, quote unquote, go grow colder, each time more dead rise from the graves. That's fun. Oh, yeah. Sun's dying or dead. Don't know where the sun went. Oh, somebody you? somebody threw the switch. It just yeah. went out. Yeah, someone screwed up there. Did, forgot to play the electric bill. <laughs> I was just thinking that. <laughs> so there you have it. Several elder evils, ways to create them, some story options, and hopefully some thematics that you can add to your campaign. Absolutely. Did we miss something? Probably. Write to us. Info at goblinscorner.com, or you can reach me, Eric, at goblinscorner.com, or... Me, Matt, at goblinscorner.com. We're on all the things. Matt, what are some of the things we're on? We're on Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, YouTube, and Twitch. As Goblins Corner. And Instagram. As The Goblins Corner. Indeed. Did you like our show? Subscribe to the podcast on your favorite player, YouTube, or Twitch. And if you guys could do us a favor and click the five stars and give us a review on, you know, iTunes, YouTube, Podchaser, that sort of thing. It feeds a hungry algorithm. Get to show out to more people. Yep. And we appreciate it. That's all the time we have for tonight. Happy Halloween, everyone. Happy Halloween. Once again, my name is Eric. And I'm Matt. And we'll see you next time. Good night. The Goblin's Corner is written and produced by Eric Holden and Matt Staples. Show song by the mighty D20. Don't we love that guy? Sure. This is a subterranean production. Bump, 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 bump.